There was recently a massive fire in Boulder County. At the moment I'm writing this, it's not yet known how the fire started, but early reports of power lines being blown down and starting the fire are now being discounted. Apparently, the wires that were noticed by firefighting crews near the start of the fire were, in truth, telecommunication wires. Focus has recently turned to the possibility of the fire being started by people, a fire that, if true, should never have been lit on a day with 100-mile-an-hour winds. The net effect is that a small fire which began at the base of the foothills was blown by extremely powerful winds, and over a period of hours, the fire moved inland several miles, ultimately destroying about a thousand structures, most of them homes. This is despite the fact that Boulder fire crews arrived near the start of the fire within four minutes of the first reports coming in. The wind blew hard enough to knock down massive evergreens and fences with four-foot centers and blow trucks off roadways. Firefighters couldn't chase the fire quickly enough to keep up with it. All first responders could do was evacuate large areas of Marshall, Superior, and Louisville. Apparently, only one person was killed, and indeed, first responders clearly saved many lives while risking their own. If there is one positive thing that might come of this disaster, it's that society might again show police the respect they deserve. Now it's time to rebuild. This will take time. Labor shortages, the lack of available raw materials, and time-consuming processes for getting permits will result in a several-year process. Some folks have lost all their personal belongings. Others have lost their jobs. Many people will be commuting long distances due to the lack of local housing. I pray that no children have been significantly traumatized. People will dig in and begin the long process of getting back to where they were moments before the fire. People will prove resilient. The book of Haggai is very brief and contains only one major narrative element. The year is approximately 520 BC. Leading Israelite citizens have been exiled to Babylon after the massive Babylonian army conquered Israel and burned down the stunning Temple of Solomon. Today in the United States, we're not into massive public works, but in ancient times, the only way to get something truly great built was by all of society becoming involved. The Roman Empire, along with many of its neighbors, built impressive structures, some of which still exist today. Aqueducts, temples, palaces, public baths, and great harbors. The Israelites, during the time of Solomon, 
had built what we now call the First Temple. It stood for approximately 410 years. It's difficult for us to fully appreciate the massive efforts that were involved in building these ancient structures. They were works of entire peoples, not of well-funded, modest-sized corporations. For us, buildings used for business purposes only incidentally become famous if they happen to be impressive for their sheer size. For ancient peoples, famous buildings were by design constructed to be permanent monuments. The first temple was the single most significant public work of the Israelites. No other structure that they had built had even a fraction of the same emotional value to the people of God. Most importantly, that temple was built not as a place of commerce, but rather as an offering to God. The purpose of the book of Haggai is to record Haggai's challenge to the chosen people, a challenge spoken by the prophet, but uttered by God, to pause in the redevelopment of personal houses so they could focus on the house of God. When the exiled members of society returned to Jerusalem after 70 years, they found much of the land in ruins. It was damage that still remained from the Babylonian siege of 587 BC. Homes and farms were destroyed, and there were recurring raids from neighboring kingdoms, including the Persians. The Persians, though, who had conquered the Babylonians, did allow the Israelites to practice their faith. And although the Israelites were not independent, the Persians appointed a descendant of King David as governor of the area. There was a subtle change in authority, though, in Israel. In the past, Israel had been a theocracy, with the king leading the people in the name of God. But now political power was no longer associated with religious power because foreigners, the Persians, held the final word when it came to civil authority. This is why it's so important that we consider carefully the context in which Haggai issued this proclamation. The civil leaders did not speak for God, but he did. Haggai said this, Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not come yet to rebuild the house of the Lord. Is it a time for yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Haggai, continuing to speak for God, then says this, You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no man is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes. Haggai is telling the chosen people that until they rebuild the temple, they won't have God's blessing, and they should not expect to succeed at their worldly efforts. Israel was at risk of becoming yet another secular empire rather than a nation dedicated to living by the laws of God. They needed to rebuild the temple 
ASAP to ensure that they didn't lose their focus as the cornerstone of monotheism in the known world. Although the Bible does not explicitly say this, Jewish tradition says that Haggai was one of the Israelites who returned to Israel from Babylon. He was almost certainly born there. We see that he steps into a land he doesn't know. He didn't personally experience the old way in which the citizens of Jerusalem had lived. Haggai could easily have been yet another secular-minded person in the reconstructed Israel. But he was a prophet. He did not speak for himself. He parroted the words of God. He tells the people that God commands this with respect to the house of God. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house, that I may take pleasure in it, and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. Here's what Haggai says in the name of God. Because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house, therefore the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast and all their labors. There was a drought in the land where people badly needed to rebuild their farms and feed a suddenly expanding population. The people needed to know that there was only one way for the drought to go away. They had to stop working on their own buildings and work on the temple. The initial warning about rebuilding the temple had been given on the first day of the month. Here's what then happens. Then the remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the Lord's message. I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. We see that the people listened to their prophet they stopped working on their own homes, on their businesses, and they turned to the temple. The Israelites will not become like their neighbors, an empire focused on obtaining riches, on expanding its territory, and glorifying individual humans. Rather, they will be the people they were before the Babylonian conquest 70 years before. The temple stands as a powerful metaphor to us. The people have a choice of how they spend their time, their money, their mental focus, their labor. They make the right decision. They will focus on God, on rebuilding the kingdom of God, not a kingdom of humans. The lesson is obvious for us. Live the way God wants us to live, don't be tempted by the things of the world. Don't be focused on our own personal needs. 
The second temple survived until 70 AD when the Romans destroyed it along with much of Jerusalem as retaliation against an uprising. Both the first and the second temple thus stood for several hundred years. Right now, the Dome of the Rock Mosque sits where the first two temples stood. Most Israelis today believe that it would be too dangerous to attempt to destroy the mosque and rebuild the temple. And in fact, it appears that only a third maybe of Israelis are said to want to build a third temple. But of course, we take the lessons of the Old Testament and interpret them in the context of the New Testament. Our lesson is that we should spend more time focusing on building our spiritual lives than on building monetary lives. The separation between the two isn't clear-cut, of course. We do build churches in order to come together to share our faith, but there are times when Christians have built magnificent churches more to honor people than to honor God. It's also true that there are things in our earthly lives that serve as a foundation for our spiritual lives. Working to feed, house, educate, and protect our children is part of honoring our responsibilities in the name of God. What's important is that we don't become so consumed with building earthly structures and gathering earthly treasures that we turn our backs on God and forget about our faith. I do believe that one of the main reasons why people today have been leaving the church, especially in the last two decades, is that they're tired of being told that our society is too commercial and too self-indulgent. They don't want limitations on what they can do for themselves without feeling guilty. I hope that the people who have lost their homes and businesses in Boulder County are able to rebuild quickly. I pray that the authorities cut a lot of the red tape that would normally stand in their way. I want to see people living in new homes with kids and dogs in the yards and new trees slowly growing back into big ones. The day will certainly come when we will be able to drive through those neighborhoods and not see any evidence of destruction. But I also hope that our society will realize that it's gone down a dangerous path. It's perfectly fine to build giant commercial buildings, to invest in computing and communications technology, and to entertain ourselves with the money we earn. The issue, though, is this. What is our primary focus? Is it on gaining wealth and advancing our own self-importance? Is our primary focus on living according to the example of Jesus Christ? If every human on earth lived by that standard, then the world would suddenly be a far safer, happier, and more secure home for all of us. But to do this, to truly turn our lives into lives that model that of Jesus Christ, we need to spend some serious time as a society rebuilding the temple in our souls. We need to be putting the fruit of our hearts and minds and labor 
into our relationship with God, not into a bag with holes.